All right, all right, all right. Buckets and beyond. We got the whole crew back in the building. I'm your host, Ben Seibel. I'm joined by Jay, who's also in the building. Yo, 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 yo. And Andrew, the goon Bennett, is also here. In a, in a, in a totally separate building. All but separate also, buildings. But also, but also yes. We're in the same in pod the, in building. building. We're in the virtual building. Same virtual building. How we're and living life. We, ha- we have the whole crew together for the first time in 2021. Super excited to talk about Mavs basketball. And uh, we're just, we're, this is, we're recording the day after um, the Bucks loss. So we want to kind of dive into a couple games real quick. Um, oh, by the way, this is, your friendly neighborhood maps podcast, I should say. So we, we, we are buckets and beyond. We like to get into the maps basketball, but we also talk about um, fun pop culture things that we're into um, such as Mandalorian, Marvel and DC. Um, But today it's going to be all buckets. It's super heavy buckets pod today. Okay. Big buckets, buckalitos. Buckalitos. So just real quick, I want to touch on um, the game Wednesday where the Mavs played the Charlotte Hornets in a revenge game, uh, try to, uh, to beat them um, and, and make up for a loss that they sustained earlier in the season um, where the Hornets just shot lights out. Um, uh, so they smoked like, us. They ran us out of the building. They smoked us and they ran us out of the building. And then in this particular game, we were missing uh, Josh Richardson, Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, Dwight Powell, and Maxi Kleba. So just looking at that, that's like three of our best defenders – um, and we're going into a uh, up up against a team that uh, blew us out of the water when we had our best defenders. So I was a little cautious about just you know writing a dub on the chart, I guess. And um, but then the return of one unicorn. Oh my gosh, I was so hyped. What did you guys think when you heard KP was coming back against the Hornets? relief relief man it was like finally you get this going you know it's just um you know just been waiting early early reports were saying that he was going to start the season and then they were saying he's going to miss a couple games and they were saying january um glad we got him early january but it was just just relief man because looking at the Mavs before our record was not that hot before chris taps was coming in you know, we were not looking like the Mavs that we wanted to be. And it was becoming pretty obvious that we were not going to get this thing going if we didn't have Chris Tapps on the court. Um, so, I mean, obviously, it's just great to have Chris Tapps back. And, and with the way the team was going before then, we'll get more into that later, I'm sure. But, um, you know, tough. It was, it, was, it, was, it was tough without Chris Tapps. Glad, glad he's back. Yeah. Yeah. Um relief and and just i think excitement because because jay kind of spoke to this the first i mean we we came out i think we came out all right without kp like it definitely it definitely wasn't we weren't coming out gangbusters we weren't you know blowing people out of the water uh, except for the clippers um <laughs> so like we definitely had the feeling of like i don't know like without kp we're like a 
six, seven, eight seed in the West. Like this is going to be rough if we can't get him back and healthy. Uh, but we also came out of that the first nine games without him, five and four, um, <clears throat> and found a way to win to to get out some games and win some without him. But yeah, but having KP on the court and just like the small sample size of that Charlotte game, you felt like an immediate difference. Um, just, I mean, you can see it all across NBA Twitter, just the realization that like, oh yeah, they have a seven foot three guy that can hit step back jumpers. Mm. Like they, they've got a guy that is just going to like waltz up the court and can spot up from 35 feet. Um, and, and that was, and that was an aspect of our game that we did not have uh, at all um, coming into that Charlie. And so it was just, it was cool to see glimpses of the Mavs team that we know this team can be like, we know this team can be um, really freaking good. Um, and it was just, it was a lot of fun to see that on display in Charlotte and um, small and like small little, it's like a little appetizer, a little like hint of what's to come. Uh, I think, I think we got a hint of what's to come, but, Another thing that's really neat about Chris Stas coming back is that he sort of kicked the door down. Like he had a great game. Uh, I got his stats pulled up here. He had four three pointers that game. Um, he only played 27 minutes. So for the minutes that he played, his numbers were great. He had, uh, I just had it up here. I got too many tabs open. I believe he made like 15, 16 points or something like that. Yeah, yeah who's 16? Played deep, played decent on defense as well. Like definitely made his presence felt on both sides of the court. So, and you saw last season when Chris Ash was coming off his previous leg injury, you know, he had a bit of a slow start. You know, we were kind of, I don't think anybody was nervous. I think we all knew that it would take a little bit for him to get it going. Um, but, you know, we, we saw him sort of have to get back into the groove of it. But I think now he's immediately kicking the door down, you know, like, and it'll only go up from here. But he's playing decent now, which is great. You know, it's um, you know, we're not seeing forty point, forty two point Chris tabs right now, but we will soon. And um, I think I think I think he's matured a little bit because he's playing better coming off the injury than he did before. He's playing with more confidence. He's um, he just looks solid. You know, unlike Dwight Powell, who we were also nervous about injury wise, and uh didn't quite kick the door down, you know, right. as a, as a little comparison there. Yeah. I think what I was worried about initially, it was, uh, he was, KP was supposed to come back against the Pelicans and just, we, we all are kind of cautious and protective of KP because of his injury history. I didn't want him banging up against Zion and freaking Steven Adams. These two like giant tree trunk of players, you know, and I just felt like, you know, maybe like wait another game or like, you know, just, I, I don't, I don't want to expose him to that. And, you know, cause we don't have to. So um, I think it was a blessing that he, he got to play against the Hornets who didn't really have a, a big that could compete with him or tell it, you know, it's a good game to like where you can uh, just kind of get comfortable out on the court and it, there, there's not as much pressure. It's a warm up. Yeah, um, and we we needed him to be warmed up because right afterwards we played some of the one of the best teams in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, actually, before I before I go to that, 
Let's congratulate Slick Rick on his 800th win against the Hornets. Not against the Hornets, but like as a coach, 800, right? We'll clap here. We're clapping yes. in case you're wondering. Oh, claps. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. It, he, oh, yeah. Third all time among active coaches. Let's go. Doc Rivers, he's coming for you. Oh, man. You're really? next. I, it's just so cool that we have like one of those uh, long tenured coaches that has been just entrenched in our franchise. He's worked his way through like the Dirk years and then those in between years before he got Luca. And now he's back on like the winning side of things. And I just couldn't be happier for him. Yeah, Rick's our guy, man. Rick's, Rick's like, I don't know, when I'm like 80 years old, <laughs> 70 years old, and I'm, and I'm that old head, I'm that OG that's been a fan forever, I'm going to be talking about Rick Carlisle. <laughs> he's going to be one of like the four or five names that like are kind of deep cuts. But like that, I, I, I whip those out. I'm like, oh man, what, what, what do y'all know about Rick Carlisle? What do y'all know about this? What do y'all know? But you know, he's a, a marquee. I mean, I, yeah. He's a legend in the game now at this point. He's gonna he's gonna go down for the he is to the Mavericks what like Red Arbach is to the Celtics or mm-hmm. uh like Phil Jackson was to the Bulls or um like name a classic like all time great NBA coach who who coached like with a with a single franchise for an extended period of time and that's that that's Rick to us. Um and so, yeah, it is, it is really exciting to have – and to have such, like, a young team – a team with such a bright future and have a guy who's like, oh, yeah, no big deal. Like, I've won 800 games in the league. Like, I've been – like, he's a made man in the NBA. Um, yeah, and he, we, we got such a bright future, and we have all the experience in our with our coach. That's so cool. But I think what people forget – and we're, we're going to have to do, like, a separate pod maybe when it's a slow news day or something – but I know there's a bunch of players in the league that got paid because Rick made, like gave them a chance to shine with the Mavs. And then they either like went to the next franchise and, and like he, he, he gave them, you know, uh, looking at you, OJ Mayo, looking at you, Chandler Parsons, <laughs> AJ Barea. Richard, uh, Richard Jefferson, uh, there, there's like different players that he helped re- reclaim their career or like re- resurrect their career. Reha- rehabilitate. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. One of those R words. I keep like, <laughs> but I, Lamar Odom, we could not help. Rick could uh, not help right. Lamar Odom. Yeah. He was, um. he was far gone by the time he got here. Um, but there's, I want to put, I want to dedicate a pod to like players that Rick helped like resurrect from like, is think about it. Like off the top of my head, like Richard Jefferson, was just like being passed around from different team to team to team. Then he shines with us on the Mavs. And the next thing you know, he's with the Cavs winning a championship. Like he's an integral part of that team. So like, that's just a quick one, but Rick slick, Rick, we love you here at buckets and beyond looking forward to what you do with Luca and the boys. Congrats on to, on to a thousand. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Luca's, Luca's going to get you there. We're going to put you on, put you on, on the mountaintop. On the <laughs> Okay, uh, and now we're talking about the Bucks game that went down yesterday. What were you, what were you guys takeaways fr- from that game? Like, what did you guys see? Uh, it's kind of a hard game to watch for yeah. me. Um, 
it's just kind of ugly, man. Um, I hate the games where we're battling with the team, but just when it looks like we're about to, we're about to get over the hump, you know, we, it's a string of bricks. Just when it looks like the other team's about to run away with it, just when it looks like it's okay for me to turn the TV off, you know, we'll make some baskets and we'll keep ourselves in it. It's a, it's a, it's a weird game. Um, obviously everyone's talking about the last few moments of the game. Um, I, I, yeah, you know, we sort of tested on before the pod. I'm pretty harshly critical of Willie Collie Stein on this, on this one here. And people have been praising him throughout the season. I think he's been playing all right. Um, but man, like that, we cannot drop games like this. All right. Like, I mean, we could drop games like this against contenders like the Bucks, but these are the kinds of games, man, that if we're going to win a championship, we're going to win. If we're going to make it to the conference finals, we have to win games like this. Like these are the, these are the kind of games that we don't want to drop. And and to see the last sec, the last few seconds of the game, kind of thrown away. You know, we got <laughs> Trey Burke. I like that shot from Trey Burke. I like the shot from Trey Burke, and I like the rebound from Collie Stein. But bro, you got to do something with it. And passing it to KP and having him take on Giannis, the MVP, who's taller than him and long, that's not it. So, like, uh, I blame Rick. It looked like Luca was mad. I don't know who Luca was mad at at the end of the game. Um, he wanted like a he timeout. Frustrated. He wanted a timeout called. Right. Before he that did last want possession. He wanted the ball. Yeah. That would have been a good call. So, I mean, I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, but, like, just – kind of a frustrating game to watch, um, you know, on um, really on all sides of the floor. Uh, I did, wasn't impressed with Josh Green. I did like seeing uh, uh, Tyrell Terry hop in there for a minute. And yeah. He had a productive couple minutes. I think he's better than Josh Green just based off the couple. We've only had a couple minutes to watch him so far, but just, just off the couple minutes that we've seen, um, I'm excited about that. Um that was probably the most exciting thing to see last night was just to see a few minutes of Tyrell Terry, to be honest. But those are my, those are my takeaways from the game. What, just, what do you think, Dan? Yeah. Um, uh, this is kind of going to get into like my kind of overall takeaways from this first little stint of the season. <laughs> but last night's game just reminded me how much I am ready to be done with like, the I'm ready to be in the period of the season that is no excuses like I'm ready to be done with excuses because like we played a team like the Bucks who are potentially the best team in the east um are coming off being like the number one seed in the east they're nine and four they've got the reigning MVP like we're playing against this is a marquee match the last time we played him in the bubble it went to overtime like it was a classic um, so it's a tough matchup and we're missing five rotation players like we're missing and and that's not an excuse like but we played them heads up and it came down to the last possession so I have to give some props on a certain level of like you guys battled and you kept like you fought your you did your damnedest to compete with this team missing two let's see one to two one maybe two starters as well as Dodo and or yeah, two starters and then Maxine Brunson, two of your biggest like bench producers. So like, 
I'm ready to be done with this period. Like I'm ready to have those guys back. I'm ready to have the whole team here. So that, so it's like, there's no excuse. It's just like, no, we played you guys, we played you guys head up and heads up. We lost or like we played you guys heads up and we won. But right now we're still like the first start part of the season, we were missing KP. So it was like, damn, can we really like get that stressed out about losing by like 20 to the, to the Hornets? And now we're in this period of like, damn, can we really judge the team too harshly losing by three to the bucks when we're missing five guys? Um, that being said, one thing that for sure, um, reared its ugly, and we've been pretty good on this season for up until this point, but the free throw bug came back and reared its ugly head last night. Uh, Luca went three for seven. Um, Willie called Stanford was one for two and KP was one for two. So shooting, we shot under 50% from the free throw line. Like there's the game. Uh, we also did not get, and I saw some Mavs fans kind of barking about this. We did not get nearly the same number of calls. Uh, we shot 13 free throws on the night. The Bucks shot 25. Part of that is Giannis just, just absorb. Like he, he's a yeah. he's a free throw sponge. Like he is he is the hack a shack of of today's game. Uh, which luckily he went one for ten. So. Uh, that being said, they still shot better. Even him shooting one for 10 from the free throw line, they still shot better than us as a team uh, from the free throw line. So a couple Giannis of still had 31 points. Sorry, no yeah. Giannis still had 31 points, which is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in some cases, they kind of had to put like I, there was one fast break play where like KP made the right call and he was just like, no, I'm just grabbing you. Like, no, you do not get a dunk. <laughs> like, I'm just going to grab you take the foul like yeah. and he missed both free throws so like it works i'm cool with that um so it, it, it is frustrating but i have to it's it's really frustrating especially when we drop these close ones but i kind of have to like give them a i don't want to give people a pass but it's like okay like you you scrapped and clawed and fought and you lost by three you were missing half of your rotation like yeah Okay, on to the next one. Let's go. We'll get them next time. Yeah, I think we, I think we performed like very well, con- like considering everything, um, like being that shorthanded. Um, it's just tough. It, it, th- those those games against those contenders, like you, you can't be missing your free throws, like you said. And um, honestly, like we got we had a lot of minutes of people who normally don't get minutes because of the shorthandedness. So like. You know, we love seeing uh, Tyrell Terry and Josh Green out there, but if we were completely healthy, we'd know we would like they wouldn't be playing against the Bucks. So, like, there's there you kind of get give and take uh, on. Um, I, it's kind of tricky at the end too. I think what Rick Carlisle said post game was that he didn't want the Bucks to get a chance to set up defensively. He wanted to kind of like attack like while they were like in the moment and kind of shook you know, from like not getting the, the, the rebound. Um, and I think Luca probably just wants the ball in his hands to get, to create that shot or to create that opportunity. Instead, it, it went like the wrong way to like a contested KP three pointer. So it, if it does, you know, if it falls, it's a great shot, but if it doesn't, it's just, it's just tough uh, when you have two chances at the end. Um, so <laughs> Zooming out and looking back at the the 
first 11 games of the season. Jay, what, what are your couple takeaways for this Mavs team so far? Um, a couple of takeaways, as I mentioned before, we're not going to get this thing done without KP. And what I mean by get it done, I mean see any sort of success in the playoffs. I don't see it happening. Um, we we dropped games against the Suns, the playoff team. We dropped a game, big loss against the Lakers, big win against the Clippers. You know, that, that was a very special moment. Um, I'm glad we've had those special moments sprinkled in. But I really don't think um, – I'm not, I'm not super optimistic. Uh, our record six and five. It looks good. We're, um, you know, we're, we're in, we're about where we were last year. I think um, we're, we're about where we finished last year, like six, seventh place. Um, so, you know, yeah, it, it's not, not ideal. I don't think, I, I don't think Mavs fans should be super excited. Um, that said, there've been some fantastic moments, man. Um, Seeing us play the Lakers on Christmas was awesome. Uh, game was underwhelming. LeBron. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, you know, you know me. Seeing LeBron, seeing KCP, seeing all those guys again, uh, the whole team. I'm, I'm not a Lakers fan, but like, the team's growing on me, bro. Like, oh, it, it, they grow on you. Anyway, um, I hate that we lost big against the Lakers, but it was fun to play them. Fun to see them on Christmas Day. Uh, seeing. Um, what's his name, Jalen Brunson start and play like every second of the game almost when Luka was out. That was – Yeah, Bulls game. Another, yeah, the Bulls game. That was another exciting game. That was another great game to watch. Um, I was talking to my little brother before the game. Another was, another, another loss. Yeah, yeah, another loss, another loss. That one um, – Luka wasn't playing in that game either. Yeah. Again – excuses basketball like we're in the excuse this is the excuses period of the season it's just context it's not like saying that you know i don't know sure sounds like an excuse though it's an excuse it's, it's, it's clarification i know well, i know and i agree with you like you can't t- like if you take two of uh, two of the best players from the clippers like they're gonna lose to the bulls like that's yeah what and i and and i've been arguing this all all the 24 seven on Twitter of just like, we all need to calm down a little bit. Uh, two weeks from now, if the whole team is back and healthy and we're dropping one to the bulls, then yeah, that's, that's a moment to freak out yeah. to like, to freak out. But yeah, if, if we're missing half of our rotation guys or we're missing KP, um, so yeah, so up to this point, it, it's this we're in this weird space where Jay, you mentioned it like we are right kind of where we're on pace to finish exactly where we finished last year. Um, like we're on pace to finish at like the sixth seed. And once again, we're right in this jumble of like eight teams in the West that are all like six and five, six and four, like seven and five. Like it's all just crammed into is really tight jumbling uh, between like the three all the way up to like the nine seed. That being said, like, so it's frustrating in that regard. It's like, man, we're supposed to be taking a step forward this year, but it is encouraging. And I think I've got a lot of hope and excitement because we do have KP back. He's, he's back and he looks healthy. Um, He looks like he's ready to go. It looks like, and this was and the meniscus injury was like, is nowhere near as serious as the ACL. So 
I mean, I think we can expect him to be similar to like you mentioned Dwight Powell, like the Achilles injury, far more serious than the meniscus thing. So that's a good point. So we we should be able to see KP at like a hundred percent or like his full self fairly quickly, I think. Um so like ideally, like from my expectations, like we can only go up from here. Like we're a six and five team who's dropped a couple of rough ones, but we've also also one of the biggest takeaways, like I kind of doubted there were a lot was made about like, oh, we picked up Josh Richardson. Like we, you know, we were hanging on to Willie Colley Stein. We're bringing in J- James Johnson, like all of these, like we drafted Josh Green. It was like, this is going to be like the Mavs are going to be a defensively tough team. And, and then our second game, we drop 138 to the Lakers. And so, and so it was kind of, there was a moment of like, all right, like, and then, and then the next, uh, and then the next game we hold the Clippers to seventy three. So we have seen like I was kind of a doubter at first, but I think this defense is for real, and that's the one thing that I think the offense has been kind of middling. It's come and it's gone. Part of that has to do with just the injuries, but with this, the defense, the way it's been playing, and I think the way it's only going to get better. Uh, I, I do think this de- this team is for real and like pencil us in for a playoff for a playoff series victory i think if our defense can play the way it has um so far this season um because you weren't yeah. we, we weren't seeing any of this last year de- defensive defense wise like we've already mm-hmm. held opponents under 100 points five times i think we did that like twice last year we i mean there are a couple of games where we've held opponents under 90 points. We never did that last year. Um, so, so it's, it's frustrating. And like, you have these moments of like, oh, same old Mavs, like we're, we're going to a six seed, like same old Mavs, like we're missing our free throws. But then you also have like, nah, this defense like can get after people. Um, like these young guys, these, these young players, like Dodo and, and Maxi and Dorian, like they're showing up and they're, developing their game even Luca is developing like I think we've seen a lot of aspects of Luca's game grow also um that was kind of all over sure. the place uh but then <laughs> <laughs> no yeah I I cut yeah you, you kind of had some of the thoughts that I wanted to point out as you're watching this team over the first 11 games to me it's a team that is used to being an offensive juggernaut figuring out how to play defense as a, like a cohesive unit and I think in, in that you can tell the offense has slipped because they're the, these, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge culture shock moving from most efficient offense to like a team that's forcing turnovers and, you know, creating these new opportunities um, off turnovers and things like that. Um, so to me, it's really encouraging to be, um, considered like I guess top 10 or top five uh ranked defense before KP even comes back like we were locking these teams down we were third Third, we're third of 30 that that includes that includes the two games that KP has come back the offense unfortunately is is ranked 17 yeah so that net the net rating and I tweeted about this from our account just the other day like our net rating is actually worse than it was last year um again as that offensive rating improves, 
I think you're going to see us blow last year's net rating out of the water and we'll be a better team. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's, I, it's been nuts to see. It's just, uh, it's just exciting to see that you hear from not only the coach, but you hear from Mark Cuban saying that the goal is to be top five. Like I, we came into the season, like it would be cool to be top 10. Like that would be awesome. Top 10, but the standard is already like higher than what the fans are like coming in with. It's just, it's cool that uh, we, we already are, um, are showing that on the court. And um, I think my second takeaway is just, like you said, how Luca's game has grown. I think a lot of times last season, we would get frustrated if Luca like forced a step back three pointer when he could have, you know, attacked the lane or, you know, created in a different way. Now he's almost completely removed that from his game, the, the bad step back shot that's forced. And instead I feel like he's attacking the paint more, um, you know, getting to the line more, he's making his free throws more frequently. Um, and then the defense is just jumping out where he's more committed and using his size to like force turnovers. And like, I can't remember seeing like defense from Luca to that level uh, his first two seasons. So it's just so cool to see, like, even in the first 11 games, it's not like he's uh, bringing out the same tricks from last year. He's like, no, I need to get better at, you know, my, my shot selection, my, my defense, my free throws. And he's, you know, I don't know. It's just super fun to see him develop as a player. So those are, that's kind of right. Yeah. His defense has exploded and, and you're seeing people on, you're seeing the talking heads now talk about it too. Like they're always bringing up how great his defense is and, and like consistently throughout the game, he's making plays on defense. But like it's exciting that Luca's a defensive player now, um, and that are you know, and as you guys mentioned, that our team's a defensive player now. What I'm super concerned with, though, like all this talk about defense, all this emphasis on defense in the offseason and beginning of the season, like the offense, the offense is just it's just kind of scary, man. And and um and really, I, I think a lot of the negativity, the negative vibe, oops, just kind of. But my mic's staying there. I think a lot of the neg negative vibes that I'm having with this Mavs team right now, a lot of the pessimism is coming from seeing the first, like, three, four games where Luka missed, like, eight threes and made one. Um, he's still shooting. He's yeah. still shooting 26% for the for the season from three-point line. Yeah. So yeah. It's really un unacceptable. Now, to be fair, he's, he's improved in, I think, every single other area um, looking at his numbers just about he's he's literally improving his game in every other way but yeah he's got to find that shot um and you know if he doesn't find it soon um i just wonder how far this team is gonna go man uh if luke is not shooting if, if luke is not shooting then i don't know if we'll be able to do it now if if we do become like a number one defense though and if we can't hold te if teams don't score 100 points on us i don't think they're gonna win like they, they just aren't um if we could keep the score low, keep the game slow, I think we could survive without needing such a great offense and without can needing you imagine, all these three-pointers to go in and stuff. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine telling a fan last year that, like, we just need to hold a team to under 100? Because last year it was, we just need to score 120 points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last year was the exact. It was like it was like no, just run them out of the court. Like we're just gonna 
we're going to score 130. They're going to score 125. Boom. Let's go home. <laughs> like sign the check. We'll be out of here. Like, uh, and to see that, that narrative flip, it, it is wild to me. It's crazy. As a Mavs fan, yeah. you're not used to looking for defense, like from your players. I feel like you're just used to like seeing how is my team going to score on you? Or you know, I don't know. It's just like a different, like I'm trying to like unlock a, a way that I watch that I'm not used to watching. Um, yeah. But I, I wonder what, what do you guys think as far as like the Mavs offense, do you think, I, I, I kind of wonder if it's related to KP being out and not really having a reliable second option. And then you have to defer to like, you know, is Tim Hardaway hot tonight? Is like, can Maxi make his shots tonight? Can Dorian, is it, do you think like that's a big part of it or are, are would they just on a shooting slump or I don't know, maybe that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think I want to blame, I want to <laughs> say 90%. I want to like, blame. I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to blame one player. I'm not going to blame one player. <laughs> I'm not about to like blast anybody. I think that, it's just shooting. I think it's, it's that simple. I think 90% of it is like, guy, like our guys just cannot shoot the basketball. It could be just conditioning. Like the season started earlier than they thought it would. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I, I think, I think that. that's definitely, a, it's definitely a factor, especially with, um, I don't know, especially with Luca, you know, like, like, bro, he, he was kind of garbage. Uh, he, I can't call him garbage. He put up like 30 something points, even though he missed all of his shots, he missed all of his uh, threes. That is, all of his deep shots, he was still putting up like stupid numbers. So, I mean, I, I, you can't really hate, but um, damn, I forget what my point was now. And you want to save, save the day? The saving. The <laughs> yeah. saving. I, Go ahead. Do you have something, Ben? I, oh. So, I, you know, I, I spend so much of my time these days at work and at home on basketballreference.com. Uh, and I think the story of this of the offensive woes is is fairly simple. Luca is shooting twenty six percent from three. Josh Richardson is shooting thirty two percent from three, and Dorian Finney Smith is shooting thirty two point six percent from three. Those are three starters who are all shooting below their career averages. Mm. They're all shooting below where they should be. Uh, Dorian Finney Smith is a career. Let's see. Oh, he's a career 33% free good three point shooter. So like not that far. Off. Makes last season difference. though, last season though, last season, last season, he shot 37% from yeah. three. Okay. So that's that's a drop off. He's he's dropped off. And, and yeah, I think there are any number of ways that you can blame that on on the preseason, the short turnaround, just like we've only had 11 games. So if you have a couple of off games, like it's bad. Um uh, Josh Richardson as well uh, is a career 36% three-point shooter. He's down for like, and these are, and these are like, it's only a 4% difference, but like that adds up over the course of like an entire season. That's the difference between like an offensive rate, like an offensive team that's scoring 112 or 115 points a game versus a team that's scoring 110 points a game. That's uh, the entire playoff seating. Yeah. That's a, that's the difference. And then, seeding. and then obviously Luca, Luca is, and all actually, he's a career 31, 32% three-point shooter, but that's still 6%. He's still, it's, so you've got three guys on the rotation. Maxi Kleber is, has shown up to play. Uh, you've just, yeah, uh, I don't want to 
to make too much out of out of the first 11 games is if the shooting woes continue i think you have to start asking yourself did we uh did we expect like too much of some of these shooters um because tim hart because like dodo had a career year last year maxi had a career year last year tim hardaway jr had a career year last year and if those guys are aren't able to produce and hit wide open shots you have to start asking yourself, are these guys good shooters or did they just like have a really great season because Luka Doncic is giving them wide open shots. Uh Um, With KP in the lineup, those wide open shots are only going to get more open though. So I I don't think we make too much of it. Yeah. I think, I think you're going to see that offensive efficiency. You're going to see the offensive juggernaut that we had last year is going to rear its ugly head eventually. Um, that that's my that's my hope and I, and I, I feel fairly confident that we're going to get back to that kind of that kind of offensive production yeah i think like within the next week or so we should have those five guys who had covid back and we have kp so we can finally see the entire lineup the full rotation and get a better idea of what this team you know looks like Cause we've seen pieces, we've seen fragments, we've seen like, you know, glimpses. Um, but from what we've seen, I think it, there is a lot to be excited about. I think it just needs to be uh, kind of like uh, it's early in the season. So it's, it's hard to, to get refined. It. Yeah. Yeah. Be refined. More of it. Um, but I, I, I'm excited and, and hopefully we can get in, into that. Uh, looking forward to get into that future pods. Now, We've, we've kind of is – there, is there anything else you guys have on the maps before we switch over to the next segment? Yeah, well, let's um, do a quick Bobon check here. Um, Bobon check. Just it's your boy. Pulling up his page here. Oh my, my boy. God. The third best player on the maps, according third to – Third best player on the maps. He had he had a – y'all remember he played 16 minutes against the Nuggets. Yeah. Honestly. He's a Nuggets killer. A good, He's a Nuggets killer. Yeah. yeah. Finish he, him. Just playing against the Nuggets, against the that's Nuggets. it. Yep. And and he play, also played against Charlotte. Played played decent minutes against them. 15 minutes there. 15, 16 minutes against the Nuggets. Uh, he put up 12 points, three boards against the, the Nuggets, and then five boards against the, the Hornets. So, like, Boban being productive. I remember watching those games. I remember thinking, like, boy, this dude is not good at this game because – Bro cannot play defense, and he cannot move. He's he not. Yeah, he's not. No. <laughs> what did you expect? <laughs> like, I think, I think you, I think watching KP, you're like, what the fuck, Boban? Like, I know you're seven foot eight or whatever, but like, look at this dude. Look at KP. He's running all over the place, and he's seven yeah. foot three. Like, yeah. Um, I know. I, I, Boban, and every time I watch Boban, I, I, it's like I forget. It's like a, it's like I'm all excited, and then, I, and then, and then I see him. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> like, like when he's playing the Hornets, he's taller than everybody like, like on that team. So they just like throw it like towards the rim and he'll just grab it. And, you know, yeah. Jay, did you here's here's the thing. Did you make the claim that Boban was our third best player after seeing him in John Wick or after <laughs> actually watching him play basketball? Because the way you just talked about him, it sounded like you had never seen him play basketball before. And then you were like, Oh wait, damn! Like this guy is hella no, slow. It's just like it's just here's the thing, man. You get excited to see somebody play that you've invested in, 
and then you forget about like the market cap being being fraudulent you forget about the little sec <laughs> the serbian going on or something you forget about the you know you forget about the blemishes oh, wow. and then they show themselves and then you're like oh okay it's a the grass is always greener thing if you will they probably have him there for like like three or four teams that have like you know certain situations where he's good and then other than that they just like that he's there for moral support and bobby content yeah i wouldn't mind if we use him for content and if we um i don't know like he looks like a monster so if he could like he looks kind of like frankenstein to me if he could like go out there and then just like i don't know hurt what, somebody scare the other team oh okay. yeah scare the other that's what's team crazy it's like he looks Do like something. a monster but he's literally the nicest guy so yeah like, he's like a gentle <laughs> giant and he's the best and, and he's like and i don't know you just he's like I, a, have you guys seen that clip of like uh, from the clipper series where marcus morris and boban are talking on the like uh, on the free throw line and marcus morris is like yeah, man, you're you're one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Like you're a real. He says like like super complimentary things to Boban. Boban was like, "Oh, thank you, thank you very much." I'm like, this is the same Marcus uh, Morris that was trying to purposely <laughs> injure Luca, and you know he's super nice to Boban. Like that's, I don't know. You know. Gotta love Boban. Gotta love Boban. Boban. Boban's different. And I, I haven't Boban. seen John Wick too, by the way. I haven't seen it. It's I haven't the seen third it. one. Okay. Or third he's one. in the third one. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I own all these movies, but I've only seen the first one. <laughs> maybe we'll have to do a we'll have to do a Boban Mavs watch party yeah I mean you yeah. only need to watch like 20 minutes into the third one to like see Boban <laughs> oh thanks uh, spoiler okay, alert good. I mean you don't have to it's not like he's the big bad at the end of the movie or anything like he's just a character that shows up uh, I thought the movie was called John Wick 3 Boban <laughs> Boban's <laughs> Revenge uh, yeah I will say like I hate that just as we get KP back, we're missing, like, we're Five missing Maxi, who's shooting over 40%. Like, Maxi showed up. Like, he came out of the bubble and was like, nah, like, call me. Like, let's yeah. go. We're going to put the league on notice. Um, same with same with Brunson, I feel like. He's come back with a little bit of a fire of, like, man, I missed the – I missed – he missed his first chance to play in, like, the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like he's – but with those guys out, it has been nice to see more of James Johnson, to see more of Josh Green. Trey Burke um, has been killing it. Trey Burke, yeah. It's mm-hmm. been nice to see to see these guys who like Wes Owundu um, and to some extent Tyrell Terry. He's, he hasn't gotten that many minutes. Um, but they those guys would not be getting any minutes whatsoever. Uh, or they'd be getting some, but it just – so it is nice to see those guys get a chance. Um to, to you know show what they're made of and just and get some some experience um yeah. that's the biggest thing like that i think we want especially for josh green in his rookie season like just like get the man some playing time to like show show what he's made of get a feel for the game in the nba um so you know taking the positives yeah. in the midst of having like a third of your team out <laughs> covid we're making it work yeah, Maxi saved our ass against the Nuggets, man. That was a, that might be well. Obviously, the, the, the Clippers game was was the highlight of the season thus far. I was the Nuggets was the best like, win. The Nuggets, I, I, yeah. the Nuggets game was the best win for sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was exciting. Like that was a okay. This is the team that we know we are. Like we beat a playoff team without KP. Um, without yeah, especially without KP. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ben, you ready to get into some around the NBA? Around the NBA, it's been a been a juicy week, a saucy Crazy. week in the NBA. Um, well, let's just get to it. Now that we're done with Mavs talk. And around the NBA, there was a blockbuster trade. No and Netflix over here. That just chunky, blockbusters. To, <laughs> so <laughs> that chunky boy, James Harden, got traded to the Brooklyn Nets. And uh, the Rockets received Oladipo, Dante Exum, somebody with last name Crooks, uh, three, blo- three Brooklyn first-round picks, one Milwaukee first-round pick, and four Brooklyn first round swaps. The Pacers received Karis Levert from Brooklyn and a second rounder. The Cavs received Jared Allen and Torion Prince. Guys, what were your what what do, what do you guys think of how this all went down? The players involved, the the storylines. What what do you guys think? Man, the Nets are going to be raw. If Kyrie ever comes back, that is. That's another. That's a. That's a whole another story in itself. Why is he allowed to just not play the game? <laughs> I mean, not, he's. I, I guess he's getting he's, fined. Now. He's about to. He's about to lose like a million bucks. So like, it's yeah, not that he's I, not allowed to. It's just he's he's losing a paycheck. True. True. Yeah, I guess that's unfair. I, I didn't. Re- I didn't read until today um, that he was getting fined. And he this. also did get fined. He he got fined an extra fifty grand. But like the main thing is the paycheck. Like he loses every game. He does not play because of like COVID protocols or because of breaking. He loses like a whole house. He loses, yeah, he loses what you and I make in like 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. Yeah, I guess maybe I shouldn't be so harsh on him. Uh, I guess he's not doing anything that wrong if he's missing out on his own bread, but that's another interesting thing. But as far as going back to the trade, going back to the trade, allow me to refocus. Boy. (laughs) craziness i think it fell off the bone for all the teams involved though i think i think um like you know the westbrook trade i kind of felt like um i kind of felt like the rockets won that trade but with this trade um um i don't know there's there's no i guess there's a lot going on so it's hard it's hard to god flies in my room man sorry allow me to refocus once again um (laughs) Um, so who do you think? So, do, what do you think Harden will like if he does like fit? With, like, how do you think that'll fit? Because that's the big thing everybody's talking about. Is I think it'll fit like a glove, man. I think Harden's an underrated passer. I think he's an underrated. Harden underrated is your second defense. favorite player. I feel like right before LeBron, <laughs> it's Harden. You keep like, oh man, he should win. I will say this, Jay. Jay, you you help. You keep the pod from being slanderous towards James Harden, but you're also a little high on your own supply <laughs> here. Like it. <laughs> you think so? Because I, you saw, I you saw what he did last year, right? We were watching. The I same agree games. with you. I agree with you that he is an, uh, for whatever reason, he mm-hmm. remains an underrated player. But <laughs> <laughs> to say that he's going to like flourish on the Nets is, is crazy. I, I suppose, just given like what you know, 
what we know about James Harden, but he could score the basketball. He could, I mean, like really he's got, I think he's got all the, all the fundamentals. He's got all the ability in the world. Like, like, like seriously, oh, he had okay. a game winning block in game seven. Okay. What else? Like, the thunder. My thoughts going into it is, and like, we brought this up on this pod, how James Harden's track record with superstar teammates since he left the thunder has been, he asked for Dwight Howard. That didn't go well. He asked for Chris Paul. That didn't go well. And he asked for his bro, his Brody, Russell Westbrook. That did not go well. So like, I, I just don't like, is he like all of a sudden, okay, I'm not going to be the alpha in Brooklyn. Like I'll, I'll seed that, you know, KD's the guy. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe like, it's just, they're, they're both like extremely good players and, and Harden is one of the best scorers ever. Like whether you like him or hate him, he's one of the best scorers ever. Um, but I just don't know if like defensively, what are the Nets going to – like, they just sent away one of their best defenders in this trade in, in Jared Allen. Like, it, are they really just going to score, like, 150 points and help the other team score as 149? Like, I don't I don't know. Like, I just – I don't know. The, the scary thing is that they could do it. Like, if, could, if there was yeah. a team that said, like, oh, we're going to score 150 points, like, I, I wouldn't doubt them. Uh, I think – I think the Rockets won this trade, the Pacers lost this trade, and the Nets broke even. Like, the, I think the Nets solved a lot more problems for the Rockets than the Rockets solved for the Nets. <laughs> like, I agree up, and, up, yeah. until this, up until this past week, the Nets were already looking scary. They already looked like just having KD back on the floor for the first time in over a year, like, looked scary. And, and before Kyrie kind of dipped out and pieced out for the, these last few games, uh, like I, I would have penciled, penciled them in for the number one or the number two seed. And I think they'd have even money to beat the Bucks or the Heat or anybody else in the East. And adding, and adding Harden, sure, I guess it makes you the favorite. I think they already could have been the favorite without Harden. Um, but like it just, I don't think there's been a collection like a collection of three greater like offensive players who also have a greater collection of like uh, mental lapses and just strange behavior. <laughs> like, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not Dude, a psychologist. I'm not a, I'm not a therapist. Is the most mature one. That's yeah. the best way to put like, it. The dude like, with the burner KD, account. KD is the saltiest social media user like he takes everything personally Kyrie love him or hate him like I I seriously like I think this latest episode shows that like he he's not really he's not really uh, I don't I don't think basketball is like what he wants to do with his life I don't think I don't think I, I think he is having what like a lot of 25 or like 30 year olds have where it's like man did I pick the wrong career but but he happens to be in a career where he makes thirty five million a year, and then you have James Harden, who has run through, run out of town, 
every single other all-star player that he's played with. And he, oh, and by the way, he showed up this season 25 pounds overweight. So, and you decide, and for whatever reason, the Nets are like, yeah, let's ship everything out to assemble this team. Let's give away all of our draft picks. Jared Allen and Karis LeVert are two best, like, young. They ha- they hung on to Spencer Dinwiddie, who is injured for the rest of the season. So, fine, great. Like, he'll be back next year. But you suddenly have a team, like, you want to talk about zombie or Frankenstein teams? Like, this is a Frankenstein team with, like, yeah, three of the best players in the league. But after that, like, what, you're going to start DeAndre Jordan? And Jeff Green, like, I guess. And yeah, it's it's bonkers to me. Like the Rockets won this trade, the, like hands down. Uh, just just getting James Harden out the door won them that trade. Okay, quick question: Do you so Mike D'Antoni signed on to be an assistant coach at Brooklyn? Do you think he knew that that James Harden was going to Brooklyn? Do you think he's like, oh crap, you brought this guy? Like I just, I don't know. I feel like he he kind of lost, you know. Went through a hold on one second. He went through he went through a breakup and his and his new his new girlfriend was just like, Oh hey, here's my best friend, James Harden. And you're like, damn, I just I just left this toxic relationship. No, 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 no. I think I think I think they agreed they were completely uh oh. Ben Ben's gotta take a he's got an important call, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this must be damn important. That better be that better be Jesus on the line, Ben. That better be Jesus calling. Put them on air. If you're real. You're on Buckets in the Beyond. Sound off. <laughs> what do you Thanks got for us? What, what do you think? What do you think of the James Harden trade to the Nets? Are you all in or not about it? Sound <laughs> off, listeners. Call us at 1 800 777 4141. That was like the worst. <laughs> yeah. 1 800 Buckets. <laughs> Which that actually would be, that would be. 10 digits it, it seems like yeah <laughs> that looks like it adds up i just i just hope like i hope uh dan tony wasn't trying to avoid working with harden and then harden follows him to brooklyn i feel like that would be kind of funny i hope there wasn't no. any shenanigans he, he got okay first of all he got fired from houston so like so it's not like it's not like he quit to get away from james harden he got fired because they hadn't they hadn't made they they well, whether you quit these... or got fired like i don't know i just there's a there's a distinct difference because you're suggesting that he ran to the brooklyn nets to get away from harden he lost his job because he couldn't take harden to a championship and then he went to brooklyn because brooklyn wanted i guess with Kyrie and KD, they figured hey why not bring in a great offensive coach uh and then it just so happens that Harden comes up. I'm sure that they're like this would be the ultimate like case of investigating tampering for the NBA because there's no way like because you also had you had Daryl Morey with with Philadelphia trying to get Harden too. So you have all of these people who are like, yeah, I got his personal cell. Like I'm in his DMs. Like KD and and Kyrie are probably messaging him every other day. Like. Yeah, let's go. Let's hoop out in in Brooklyn. Hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. I just I just hope he wasn't trying to avoid him because that would be awkward if 
they meet up at practice and Harden's like, he thought you Mike D'Antoni Mike D'Antoni is in the best position of his life because he has none of the responsibility, <laughs> but he's going to get all of the credit if this team wins a championship. He's an assistant coach anyway. He's not a head coach. I don't think yeah. he's a head coach. No, but, but no. before this trade went down, I felt like this was like a revenge season for uh, Steve Nash and D'Antoni because they brought the seven seconds or less offense to the league. And then, you know, it, it, they didn't win the ship. Right. And they've been famously known as, you know, a, one of the best teams never to win one. And then now that Nash is coaching and he has three of the best talents, like we've seen in our lifetime, like, I think they're going to try to implement that seven seconds or less, like times, like in three infinities, right? Like they're, they're trying to like, Oh, like, bring that to the league and and like i just think it would be as a On steroids yeah as a nash fan i like am sort of rooting for the nets but like there's pieces on the nets that i'm not a fan of like i just want to see nash do well but like so here's the thing here's the thing i, I i'm the exact opposite way like i actually am excited and hopeful for houston but i I personally am like, man, I hope the Bucks beat the Nets in the playoffs. I hope the Bucks thrash the Nets in the playoffs. I, I am so petty and so spiteful that I'm like, no, nah, let me have the man that re-ups for five years. Like, it, it's it's very much of like, it's it feels very much like a Dirk versus the Miami Heat scenario where it's like, yeah, give me the guy who's loyal to Milwaukee over the three dudes who just like, yeah, let's form a super team. Let's go, uh, and just you, like and have cobbled together. I like. Do you that think angle. that they? Because like that's the other part of the argument is like because the Nets are so depleted defensively, KD has to guard the best player on on you know the on most teams, right? He's so gonna get, be playing the four or the five a lot. Yeah, so he'll be like in that case, he would be guarding Giannis. Drew Holiday would be guarding um, Kyrie. And then uh, Middleton would be guarding Harden. So, in a way, the Bucks might have like just the guys to to thwart perfect like, makeup. To yeah, you know, I saw that on Twitter. I thought like, oh, it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, I wonder, I wonder how it like would actually play out. But um, yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't, that, that, I don't know. I think that's assuming that they're all playing at the same time. Like, this adds a lot of depth to this team. I think uh, – I don't know. I, I do like you bringing that up about the Bucks. So, um, I think that's a good point. Because Giannis really is their dirt, you know. If I put myself in their shoes, this really is the Heat versus, um, versus the Mavs. But at, at the, the same, same time, time. – like if the Mavs can almost beat you with five without five of their players, maybe you're not ready to take on the Nets. That could that could be a problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> uh, here, here's my um, here's my question for you. And Jay, you'll like where I'm going with this. I, I'm sure Jay, you may have seen some of the some of the Twitter reactions to this, uh, but that essentially, like, wow. What do you know? Like LeBron moves over to the Western Conference, and what happens? KD 
leaves for the East. James Harden leaves for the East. Like <laughs> James Harden got one look at at the Lakers and AD and LeBron and was like, I can't compete. I can't do it. I'm out. Like I'm done. I'm done with this bullshit. I'm just like, one man. I had spent four. I had I had to spend four years getting bodied by the Warriors, and they finally they finally break up, and then you turn around and it's LeBron and AD, and he's like, screw it. Yeah. I'm going to the Eastern Conference. <laughs> I want no more of this. And people were people were like clipping, like there was. I'm sure you saw Jay, LeBron's like no look three-point shot where he just turned around to the bench and it was like 24 hours later James Harden heads to yeah heads to yeah yeah like, I'm out I'm out <laughs> tap it out yeah I want I want no more of this <laughs> I love it I love it it's it makes perfect sense it just and it, it's really it's like yin and yang you know there's it's like it really you know to to bring it to a full circle it's like the force there's a balance in the force you know like and now one side is too powerful so the sith lords are rising up to take on uh the chosen one uh the eastern conference is still nowhere near the west though i don't know man i don't know east no 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 not even the 76ers are the three seed the pacers are the four seed and the east no. No. Uh, yeah. The Western Conference runs eight teams deep. The Eastern Conference maybe has three or four teams. Maybe. True. Speaking of, oh my gosh, I'm just looking at the standings now. I'll run it. Like the Raptors woof, have dropped off, and the Heat are four and six. Did my goodness. Know? Okay, so are the Raptors not winning because they're playing in Tampa, and are the Heat not winning because they're not in the bubble? Like it's not they don't have the same lightning <laughs> in the bottle. I I believe more in the Heat than than the Raptors. Like the Raptors, it's what Siakam and a thirty-five-year-old Kyle Lowry. And, oh, <laughs> Van, v- Van Vliet. Van Vliet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So I, I think the Heat will will get it together. Like Bam Adebayo and the like the the two or three white dudes that just fall out, uh, and and Jimmy oh. Butler they'll they'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I was watching the Raptors even last year, like kind of wondering how they. Uh, last year was incredible. Last year, yeah, last year was like they weren't supposed to do that. This year it was supposed to. I think this is where the Rockets belong, or Rockets, the Raptors. You know, just like, just on paper. Like, who are these dudes? As far as, like, the other teams in the trade, like, the the Cavs got Jared uh, Jared Allen, and then the the Rockets get Oladipo. Do you see the Mavs trying to make a play for either of those two? Or, um, the, I guess, how do you see like Oladipo playing out in Houston? That's the one I have my eye on because everybody was like, oh, like, you know, counting the Rockets out, you know, while all the drama with Harden was going on. But really, like, they, they came out with a huge, you know, take from this whole thing. So 
whether it be picks, whether it be players that maybe like turn into, you know, whether Oladipo stays or not, like they were in a position of power because they had the one thing everybody wanted. So, and, and whether we hate them or not, like they, they're still a well run organization. It's not like, you know, the, uh, the Knicks or, or, you know, insert bad team here, but what, what do you guys think about the Oladipo situation? I think it's exciting for Houston because, um... Uh, you want to yeah, go on, Andrew? No, no, you're, you're – Oh, um, exactly. Uh, I think I think it's – Yeah, I think it's a sign for Houston. Um, I think Houston should be happy because this is Oladipo. It, it looks like he's back. I'll, I'll, I'll just put it like that. Um, he had a rough – he had a rough – I don't think he played that much last year. Um, he had a rough injury. He was playing, and he didn't uh, – there are reports that he didn't want to play. He wasn't ready to play yet. Um, regardless of what the situation was, his numbers were not great last year. And they've seen huge bumps in, in, in this early part of the season. So, I mean, it's good to see that that he's recovering from that injury well. And, um, and I, you know, I'm sure that was, that was probably a factor in his trade. They're probably looking at it like, all right, well, how much of an injury risk is this guy? He's playing well right now, so, you know, maybe we should just roll the dice on it. Um, I think, you know, I think it was a good roll of the dice. Uh, I'm enjoying watching Depot now. I'm excited to see him on the Rockets because, like I said, he's playing well again. Yeah. Uh, again, I said it before, I think I think the Rockets won this trade. Like, if the Rockets is currently constructed, if you told me, like, oh, hey, like, you've got a team that has John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, although DeMarcus Cousins may not be like what he was. Uh, Christian Wood has been a freaking revelation and the biggest steal. Mm -hmm. uh, I like when we when we did our preseason preview, I didn't have the Rockets in the playoffs. I had I I did not think they were a top eight team. But between Oladipo, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, and Christian Wood, and that pickup, and you and they still have pieces like PJ Tucker. Like I, I think they're a top eight team in the West, currently constructed. Um, maybe I mean maybe that makes me puts me high on the Rockets, or you know maybe I'm a little you know too high, but um, a little bit too high, a little bit too high. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, I like and I'm really excited. Like we've talked before about Stephen Silas, former Mavs assistant, getting his shot to be a head coach. I'm I'm excited and I'm hopeful that he actually has a legitimate shot now to like actually coach a team because the first couple of months mm. it's just been like James Harden like will they or won't they like is he is he is he showing up today or is he like eating honey buns in the locker room like is he <laughs> is he are we trading him or like are we gonna get back so I look at this very similarly to like what what the Clippers did in essentially mortgaging their entire future to get Paul George. And they gave, they ended up giving, I mean, giving Oklahoma City 15 first round draft picks. Like the Rockets, I think, are set with some good young pieces. Uh, some of them are coming off injury. I mean, actually, almost all of them are coming off of injury, <laughs> but they've got, they've got a huge stock of, of first round draft picks to build around uh, going forward. Um, I so I, yeah. What, what I wonder, I don't know if you guys have heard like a quote from Oladipo specifically or not, 
but I wonder if they're trading one problem for another problem because Oladipo was doing similar, not obviously to the insane levels of what Harden was doing and create, but he wanted out. Yeah. He, he wanted he- out of Indiana. I promise you Houston was not on his wish list on like teams to go to. I think they could try to like convince him um, kind of like similar how the Mavs convinced KP, like when they traded for him, like, Hey, like we're going to offer you a big deal at the end of this. Like we really see you as part of our future. Um, but the word uh, like the, the rumor mill is that he wants to end up in Miami because he's kind of been traded around from team to team. And um, I, I wonder if, if he'll create a stink in Houston and then try to get traded over there. Or if he like try to ball, tries to ball out of his mind to raise, yeah, his... he's gonna be a free agent this summer. Yeah. yeah. So is he gonna ball out of his mind and then like sayonara in free agency, or is Houston gonna be like, well, we're just not gonna let you leave. Like we need to get something for you. That that's kind of like an interesting dynamic. I want to keep an eye on, on on how, on how that plays out. I think I think yeah, ball out for four months and get paid. Like just go, go nuts yeah. and like he. Victor Oladipo is the caliber of player that he could command like a five-year, $30 million a year type contract in a lot of places. Like if he right. wanted it. So like just show people you're worth that much and someone's going to pay you. Uh, I don't know if it's the heat because they might be a little strapped for cash with all of the young talent that they've got. Um, I'm interested to see like Oladipo is an interesting player. I, I mean, I like him. Uh, his skill set, I've liked it. I mean, I've, watching him on the Pacers was a lot of fun to see them have some success when he was healthy. Um, I'm curious, like Cleveland looks like the team that like they're the garage sale. Oh yeah. Like, like come on by like two for a dollar, like clearance <laughs> sale. Let's go. Like, who do you want? Look and there aren't, a whole, <laughs> there aren't a whole lot, there aren't a whole lot of players that like, mm, like you want this J- JaVel McGee? like 50 cents like go for it take them like you gotta pick them up to yourself like we're not moving them we're not shipping them to you you gotta come down here and pick it up like you gotta pick it up off the curb but like it's here uh so i'm more interested in looking at like jared allen is the big it's like mm-hmm. we talked about it pre-pod like by willie collie stein like jared allen like <laughs> you're in uh but like could we pick up a player like Kevin Love to play off the bench and be like an older, like veteran sort of guy? We don't um, have that maybe? money. Like he's still on a stupid contract. I'll take it. Okay. Well, we'll take a flyer. I mean, like <laughs> Cleveland can pay half that, con- whatever. Uh, <laughs> a ton of like, I think every Mavs fan for the last five years has been questioning, like, what about Andre Drummond? What about Andre Drummond? Like, we need a big, we need a big. What about Andre Drummond? Uh, I'm not about that life, but you know, you do you. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. is also an interesting, like, tweener kind of like young guy, uh, small forward, powerful, like three four tweener kind of type. So I'm interested to look at them and just be like, is there anybody we could kind of poach? There aren't that many pieces worth poaching, unfortunately, but yeah, I. If we can find a way to get Allen, I don't know like what kind of pieces they would be looking for, but I'm curious what that would be. But Oladipo, I just wonder if Houston would even entertain the idea of trading within the division. 
uh, or if that makes sense for them. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like if it came down to free agency, Tim Hardaway's contract's over after this season. Do you, do you think we just like swap, basically swap him for um, Oladipo? Because that's the kind of thing like we don't have is we have KP, but we don't have like another consistent scorer that can, you know, that is reliable and a good defender. You know, like Hardaway has his nights, but he's not always there. And like, I think that's what the trouble Luca has sometimes is he, it's, it's not, it's, it's, he's trying to find the person who can score that night. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that's a good point. I would I would be way down for that actually. And I'm not even a big Oladipo guy. Um I think that would be huge for the Mavs. Cause yeah, Tim Hardaway, like I mean he's cool, but questionable decision making, like questionable shots selection at times, questionable on defense. You know, like Oladipo would fix a lot of that. Um Yeah. That said, I think the Rockets are gonna be I think they're going to be like decent, um, but I don't think I think they're probably about the same. I, I think kind of like what I said before. I think they're about broke even. You know, I'm not a super super high on Depot. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, lots of lots no. Of- I I'm actually I'm not I'm not entirely sold on that the concept of like. Oladipo's a great pick and, like, can create off the dribble, I think, a lot more than than Hardaway. And it's it's kind of – you get a little bit younger with Oladipo, maybe a little bit better defense. Um, so, um, yeah. I I don't know. I, I, I'm a, I think I'm a, t- a Tim Hardaway, like, apologist or defender a lot of times. Uh, I think he is – he is, like – this era era is like Jason Terry for the Mavericks, um, like creating off the bench, like being that second, third option at score. Uh, like this season is shooting over 40% last from three last year, he was shooting close to 40% clip. Like I know Oladipo is a better creator, like as a point guard or like a point guard shooting guard sort of combo. Um, but he's not that great of a three-point shooter. Um, I don't know if he's a little more ball dominant and, like, needs the ball in his hands a little bit more often, which takes some pressure off of Luka, but it also takes – like, you're taking the ball out of the hands of one of the best passers and best, like, creators on the team. So, I don't know. Um. I'm looking at his numbers now. Oladipo can shoot, man. Uh, he's shooting 362 now. And, you know, like we mentioned last season was uh, an anomaly. He was he was injured. He shot about average, about 31% last year. Um, and, you know, before that, he's shooting above 3-3. So, I mean, like, he's an above average three-point shooter. He doesn't chunk it up as – he plays more minutes, but he doesn't throw it up as much as um, Tim Hardaway which yeah i'm not i'm not sure what it means just at the numbers but 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 you know if hardaway had a career year i'm curious on what victor oladipo's career year looks like with luca that's kind of what i'm like 
Yeah, Oladipo is far better. Is far better attacking the basket. Um, when everybody was clamoring for like Bogdan or whatever in the offseason, I'm like, no, I think we should keep Hardaway. He's like part of our team. I think he does a lot of things really well for the Mavs. But I, I don't know. It's the way that Luca is transcending right now. We want to make sure we have the right talent around him, and if that means you know, swapping out Hardaway for, for Depot. I'm, I'm for it. Cause I feel like some of these other free agent ideas are, are just a lot more tougher to bring in, honestly. Yeah. It all comes down to, it comes down to that price tag. Maybe, maybe we just hope that Old Depot kind of bottoms out with Houston and his price <laughs> just like comes down a little bit. You know, and then and then you could conceivably swap like Tim Hardaway's. I think he's like making eighteen million this year, and you can swap him for like Oladipo paying him twenty five million. But again, that gets you into when it comes time to pay Luca. Are you committed long term to Oladipo, KP, and now you've got to start paying Luca forty million a year at least. does that start to get you into an area where, yeah, you're uber talented and you're uber top heavy, but you don't have a single, a single player worth their salt off the bench or a single guy like in the rotation that can, you have a bunch of Larry, you have a bunch of Cleveland Cavaliers is what you end up having. <laughs> it's like you got, you got uh, Depot, you got KP and you got Luca. Then all the, then you got. I don't like. I a bunch think of like plumbers. You got a bunch of plumbers coming off the bench. Well, like that's it. Like after Dirk left, we've basically had to develop our talent, and and have, and now we have like these, like the Maxi Klebas, the Dorian Finney Smiths, and these undrafted guys. So I feel like we could still fill out a roster pretty well. Um, obviously, you know, you have them on the right deals and whatnot. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think that I think that's it for around the NBA. Unless unless y'all have anything else before we dip on out. Um. Yeah, no, I think I'm good. This was it's been an interesting week. Oh my gosh, it was a roller coaster of a week. Action packed. So high. This is the math season can finally begin though. Right yeah. now. So, like, upcoming week, we got the Bulls. To, on um sunday you got the, ra- in. Ra- the the uh, tampa bay raptors on monday <laughs> um, w we got cancel it in book it yep. Yep. <laughs> we got uh andrew's second favorite team the pacers on wednesday <laughs> w book <laughs> it pencil it in and then <laughs> We've got the Spurs on Friday. Next. Let's go. That's a W. <laughs> and I'm then gonna go off. And then we're we going to have a Rockets. pod. W. Let's it's go. A, we have a pod on Saturday <laughs> before the Rockets, but we're going to have a, uh, a guest on uh, at confused Mavs fan on Instagram. We're super excited to have him on and talk about the, the week in Mavs games. There's a lot more guests and awesome pod ideas we've got coming out for you guys. Stay tuned. Keep it, keep it locked. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Buckets and Beyond. Thanks for watching and listening. Mostly listening. Adios. <laughs> Deuces. See ya.